Good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Money Talk. I'm Neil Kreisel, and Diane Duvernay, your host every week right here on AM 12, 1290, repeated at 11, and on Saturdays at 6. We're brought to you by Cornerstone Home Lending, whose highly trained and experienced team takes great pride in helping people with home financing, offering competitive rates and a wide array of loan programs. American Riviera Bank, smart banking for smart people in Santa Barbara at Figueroa and Anacapa Streets and in Montecito's Upper Village. At Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm in Santa Barbara, providing its clients with the personal care and attention of a small independent firm coupled with the vast resources of a major financial institution. Hi, Neil. How are you today? So I, I, I hear you've changed venues. You're now in Massachusetts. I am in Massachusetts, visiting family, working remotely, you know, exciting times, working in a basement, which we don't have in Santa Barbara. So the fact that you're away, were you able to get us guests for today? I was. We are thrilled to have with us Jason Wilson, who's a senior vice president at American Riviera Bank, and Lori Murray, who is the residential lending manager for American Riviera Bank. So Jason and Lori, thank you so much for being here with us today. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So the first article uh, from uh, yesterday's Wall Street Journal is entitled, Why Companies Shouldn't Tie CEO Pay to ESG Metrics. It may sound like a good idea, but it won't likely achieve the results proponents want. And what the article says is that a rapidly growing trend is for executive pay to be tied not only to financial numbers, but to environmental, social, and governance targets as well. if a company won't pay for an outcome, that is a telltale sign that it doesn't actually care about it. Uh, but the fact is that um, this is a complex problem with a solution that is simple, direct, and plausible, but wrong. Uh, so says this author. Uh, the evidence shows that paying for targets encourages executives to hit those targets, but it doesn't necessarily encourage them to improve performance. The crux of the problem is you can't measure many of the performance dimensions that you care about. Not everything that counts uh, can be counted, particularly when you're talking about environmental and uh, social issues. Uh, The problem uh, of hitting the target but missing the point is an issue that, you know, came about with teachers, where teachers were uh, paid to make sure that test results were good and they taught to the test, but that didn't help students learn. So the challenge for uh, managing your managers based on ESG metrics is that uh, for financial performance, uh, only a couple of measures may be relevant, but in ESG performance, it's multifaceted. Companies have a responsibility to many stakeholders, employees, customers, suppliers, environmental, uh, the environment, communities, and taxpayers. Uh, And so, it's not easy, and to the extent that there's a short-term goal based upon a stock option plan or some other bonus uh, program, it's almost impossible to align the interests of executives with ESG uh, metrics. I don't know. I think that's a that's a kind of stark uh, analysis of the ESG because ESG, which stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance, is 
our policies and culture issues, I'm not sure how it's tied to CEO pay, but if you don't have some performance metrics on it, your company will not be going in that direction, which seems to be the trend these days, not only in the investment world, but also with the diversity and inclusion push that um, corporate America is having right now. So are you saying that an article in the Wall Street Journal is dire? <laughs> I'm not making any call like that. Th those are your calls, Neil. So the next article is, is, is sort of a, a cynical uh, bounce off of that. And, and this is um, in the New York Times on Thursday. And um, there's a story here that uh, is really interesting. Uh, this fellow, Gerald uh, Barron, uh, decided that he was going to mine the sea floor um, uh, in the South Pacific. And um, as a result, he would uh, pick up various very valuable metals. Um, he lost uh, $600 million. Uh, and at the same time, uh, he, it is alleged that he uh, caused incredible environmental damage. So he's just come back with the same company, but the difference is, as he says, uh, we were positioning ourselves incorrectly as a big mining company, uh, and now we're positioning ourselves as an environmental company because the metals we're looking for are going to uh, build electric vehicle batteries. So we're now going to garner support from investors to make this industry a reality by calling ourselves environmentalists. So you talk about cynical, uh, this certainly is an example of it. Yes, yes, it is. Um, the next article is actually somewhat surprising. Maybe, Diane, you may find this to be something that uh, is a reality that you've seen. I haven't seen it. It says that the young fall for scams more than seniors do. Um, and it's, um, it's really interesting. It says that... Um, uh, for years now, the Better Bu Business uh, Bureau survey shows that young adults lose money to swindlers much more often than older people do, uh, which is what the typical stereotype of a victim is. Uh, the, the Trade Commission reports similar figures with 44% of people aged 20 to 29 losing money to fraud, which was double that of ages 70 to 79. Isn't that interesting that uh, uh, young people, and, and apparently, one of the reasons the article goes on to say is that the um, younger people are just more casual and, and you know just accept stuff that comes across their iPhone or their iPad uh, and uh, uh, are willing to just uh, you know say yes when in fact they should be much more skeptical. But again, it's surprising. That is surprising. So does the article um, share with us how old the um the subset group that they're comparing comparing elderly to. Um, it's uh, let's see. Uh, it's because at this point we have a bunch of regulations for you know people sixty five and older. However, we don't have a lot of um, We don't have any you know fraud is fraud, but we don't have any ex you know enhanced um, issues with younger people. Um. You know, it's, you ask a good question, and um, the only reference in the article to age is that people in their 20s, but it, is, it, it doesn't conclude that it's only people in their 20s, but it is basically, uh, they're talking about people in their 20s compared to people twice as old. Interesting. So, yeah. Hmm. So, um, 
Well, it's true. We're all at risk for for scam and fraud. You know, it's, it's rampant. I get 100 phone calls on my phone every day trying to sell me something. Yeah, I just bought a car warranty for my car. I hope it's a good one. Oh, yeah. I keep getting that one. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the next article is, um, uh, again, from the Wall Street Journal, and it's talking about a, a century old tax break that's getting a lot of attention. Um, the uh, uh, proposal would uh, end the tax exemption for capital gains at death. Instead of each individual getting, would get an exemption of a million dollars plus $250,000 of a gain of a home. So basically what they're talking about here is uh, eliminating the stepped up basis, uh, which has been you know, a given for, well, here in this case, they, they say a, a hundred years. And it would have, you know, a dramatic impact on that will have a dramatic impact and it will negatively impact the heirs, you know, um, the the people who estate that is not receiving the step up have already passed away so it doesn't affect them but it will affect their heirs tremendously, especially, you know, people who have multiple children or have a, a, a more complex situation. Only having a million to fifty as a step up gets gets challenging, especially given that um, brokerage firms, until just recently, like two thousand ten, don't quote me on that, but about that that um, vintage, they actually weren't responsible for tracking the cost basis. So individuals had to track their cost basis, and oftentimes it wasn't even on the investment brokerage statement, and consequently, it was very difficult to track down and investors who have been doing it on their own without any um, help from from advisors, it's even more complex. And given that the rule is with the IRS, if you do not know your basis and you make a trade and sell it, you, they assume your basis is zero and all of the um, proceeds from the sale are deemed capital gains. And so that will have, I think, more of an effect than people realize at this point for not only the tax revenues increasing, but really come making heirs have a much more complicated situation upon inheritance. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be a real paperwork nightmare if it comes to pass. Now you're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 KZSB and we'll be right back. For prospective homebuyers, one of the most important steps of the loan process is getting clear and honest information from someone who will speak plainly and truthfully about loan programs and options. I'm Kelly Marsh, Vice President, California, of Cornerstone Home Lending, where our highly skilled and experienced team takes great pride in helping clients obtain home financing with honest, knowledgeable, fast, friendly, and efficient service. As a Santa Barbara native who has spent the past 20 years in the mortgage industry and has closed over 4,000 loans, I'd appreciate the opportunity to earn your business and invite you to visit the Kelly Marsh team.com or call my office at 805-563-1100 to learn more about how Cornerstone Home Lending can help you determine the best way to manage mortgage debt to achieve a more stable financial future. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. California Residential Mortgage Lending Act license number 41DB072220. California Financial Lending Law license number 60DB072528. Loan originator NMLS number 245822. Not a commitment to loan. Equal housing opportunity. 
It's a fact. Successful wealth management is built on strategies that focus on the big picture, take a long-term view, and establish deep and valued relationships. Hello, I'm Diane Duva, founding partner at Arlington Financial Advisors, Santa Barbara's trusted family guide, empowering you to make more informed and confident decisions. At Arlington Financial Advisors, we bring order and balance to your financial life by monitoring and managing risk so you can focus on your work, family, and enjoying the moment. We are a fully independent firm offering strategic financial planning, estate and tax planning, and private money management. Our plans and portfolios are handcrafted using a rigorous and disciplined approach, supported by a consistent yet highly personalized client experience. Our clients look to Arlington Financial Advisors as a home away from home, a comfortable place to protect what they've accomplished while they prepare for what comes next. Please visit ArlingtonFinancialAdvisors.com or call me, Diane Duva, at 805-699-7300. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Cornerstone Home Lending. Since 1988, a mortgage banker and direct lender that believes in providing in-depth loan consulting to its customers in a personalized and honest manner. And we can be reached at 805-564-1290 if you have any questions, or you could email us at moneytalk1290 at gmail.com. So today we have an extra special show for you because we have not one guest, but two, both hail from American Riviera Bank. One is Jason Wilson, who is the senior vice president um, in charge of commercial lending. And the other is Lori Murray, who is in charge of their residential lending. So thank you both, first of all, for being with us. So Jason, let's start with you. Sure. How did you get involved in commercial banking? Well, I tell you, um, I moved out here from the great state of Iowa close to 20 years ago and took a one-way ticket and um, just fell into commercial banking, started at Santa Barbara Bank and Trust, which was a local community bank. And it seemed like banks were bought more often than not. And uh, I ended up just inheriting a new bank due to a merger. So um, it wasn't until about 2013 till I came over to uh, the Bank of Santa Barbara, which merged with American Riviera Bank. And it's been just life giving to, to be back at a true community bank and uh, be able to help local businesses and high net worth individuals in town. So that's kind of my story. Great. And Lori, how did you get into residential lending? Oh, that's it's a handcuff almost. Um, once you kind of get into residential lending, it's so hard to kind of get out of it. It's um, it's just such a rewarding career because you're helping people get into their first houses and um, saving people money on a monthly basis with refinancing. So it's it's a career that I got into right out of college. I graduated from UC Santa Barbara. Um, my first um, employer was Santa Barbara Savings, um, which um, was, uh, oh boy, I don't even remember the term of it, but we were the, uh, taken over by the um, OTC and then uh, kind of sold off in pieces. So my first experience in residential lending was in the loan servicing area of Santa Barbara Savings and have just migrated over to the origination side after that and been um, on origination ever since for, gosh, over 30 years now. So given both of your careers are lengthy in the lending world, what is going on right now in lending, you know, given these interest rates being so incredibly low for so long, 
you know, share with share with us a little bit about what's going on and where you see it going. Mm-hmm. Jason, you want to go ahead? Sure. sure. Um, I mean, I'll, the first and foremost, uh, the the biggest thing going on is is PPP loans and the kind of wrapping that up and uh, what's that mean to the businesses in our local community. And I tell you, I mean, I'm right now we're in the forgiveness phase where we've been pushing through all the forgiveness of our of round one PPP and we stepped up around two as well. But um, that's been amazing. It's been almost like a capital influx to these local businesses. And it's and it's come through and really helped stabilize balance sheets for many businesses in town and and the rates uh, getting to that. Uh, the commercial rates um, for a while there last year, it was almost trending toward an inverse yield curve in a way. And so we, a lot of the time, some banks will look at the, the treasury constant maturities yield curve and we'll, we'll uh, judge that between the five, the three, five, seven, and 10 year. And at this point, it's starting to be a little more normalized. Um, I don't think rates on the commercial side will go up that much uh, because, you know, rents and, and lease rates might not go up that much on the commercial side. Now, when you get in a residential multifamily, that's where we're seeing uh, rents skyrocket. We're seeing values go way up, really low cap rates. You've got to put down a lot to make it work from a cash flow perspective when it comes to apartments. When you say that re- that rents are going up, I thought California just capped any increase to seven percent. Um, I, I I think yes, it would be for new for for new uh, units coming on the market. Uh, so you know maybe it's a new sale, it's a new uh, um, construction. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So talking uh, circling back on the PPP loans. You're actually, I know a lot of the business owners were somewhat concerned about the PPP loan forgiveness and whether or not that was actually going to happen the way it's, you know, it was so new and so everybody was unsure of it. We're actually seeing the forgiveness piece come through. Yes. Yeah. We, we, um, at American Riviera Bank, we, we invested in a software, uh, a few years ago and we were blessed in that it fully integrated with the SBA. So we could talk back and forth very efficiently. And, and uh, through the teamwork of our entire bank, from the CEO down, uh, you know, there was, a, there was a period where we worked 30 days straight and didn't even leave the bank. And uh, I mean, basically to sleep. But, but for the most part, that allowed our, or the origination of the PPP loan to be set up well so that the forgiveness was turnkey. And that's really helped us turn these because if you look at the national average, not many banks are as far along in the forgiveness process. And that impacts uh, the bank's P&L because once they're forgiven, then we can achieve the, the income uh, from the fee and the, and the servicing fee and things like that. Plus, plus the borrower gets it off their, their balance sheet and their leverage uh, comes back into a normalized scenario. 
Now, many business owners basically had said that PPP loan is, is what kept them in business through this pandemic. And so I know that American Riviera, you have done an amazing job at getting those in. You were the only bank locally that that really um, everybody was saying good things about. So, so take that as a, as a win for sure. So let's switch gears for a moment, Lori. Where are you mm-hmm. what's happening right now in the residential mortgage space? We are, you know, it's been absolutely crazy busy for the past, during pandemic. It's so funny. Everyone thought that they had a break, but we had no break. Mortgage rates have been low. Um, well, actually, they've been, actually, I was just reviewing charts. They've been low since 2010 was the last time we saw rates over 5%. So we have been down in the two and three quarter to, um, you know, three and a half percent range over the past year. It's been really busy on the refi side, as well as Obviously, we can talk about the purchase market in a little bit, but uh, rates are have been are historically low. They're I think the low was probably December of 2020, and um, we've ticked up just a little bit, but rates are still historically at low levels. Are you finding that clients are coming to you, and you're giving them you know uh, assurances that they could get a loan, and they go out and time after time, they lose out to a higher bidder. I mean, do you find that constantly there's a lot of wheel spinning going on now? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of work uh, that's happening in our industry. Again, I mean, we were swamped with PPP. We've been swamped with residential um, and, and the people that are just trying to get there, get ready to buy. Um, And what, what we're also seeing is once people do get in to a property, they, you know, there a lot are falling out because they're having to, go out, you know, go in over asking because um, the market is so strong, and um, we are finding that we're doing a lot of pre-approval letters, and then people are, you know, their offers are not getting accepted, um, losing out to all cash offers. And are you finding that the percentage of uh, uh, jumbo loans is going up? Well, in Santa Barbara, that's pretty easy since anything over 660000 is considered a jumbo loan. So we are seeing a lot of jumbo. Um, jumbo, at, when COVID started, that jumbo market completely dried up on the secondary market side because of um, just the banks were just not wanting to do them anymore. There was no liquidity. Uh, so right now we are seeing... Um, more uh, jumbos coming back into the market, more lenders are willing to do jumbo. So we are seeing more jumbo loans because of that. Now, when somebody does a jumbo loan with the bank, do you normally Mm -hmm. portfolio it or do you look to sell it on the aftermarket? Both. Um, We have have a great portfolio program where we do um, underwrite and keep those loans in-house. And then um, if it betters the client, we will um, then or send, you know, or use an investor if it's a different type of a program. Somebody wants a ninety percent of a loan, we will look outside the bank for that. We don't keep those in house. You're listening to Money Talk on AM twelve ninety KZSB, and we'll be right back. When a bank is owned by the community and invests in the community, it answers to a different call. It's personal. It's driven by your needs, not ours. Welcome to American Riviera Bank, based right here in Santa Barbara with branches in Montecito and Goleta. Our customers know us for personal service every day, every way. You can bank on us. Bank on us. Bank on us. 
American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. The evening breeze caressed the trees tenderly. The Ensemble Theatre Company kicks off their new season with a show called Tenderly, the Rosemary Clooney musical. Here's artistic director Jonathan Fox. Well, we're starting with a bio-musical about Rosemary Clooney called Tenderly. It is a two-person musical, and it's a three-piece band on stage. It's fun, but it has a little bit of darkness to it because Rosemary's life had some issues. So, so we're starting with Tenderly. Information is on our website at ETC, as an ensemble theater company, ETCSB, as in Santa Barbara, or by calling us at... 805-965-5400. To get your tickets for Tenderly, the Rosemary Clooney musical, and to see what else is in store for the Ensemble Theatre Company season, go to etcsb.org. The Foresters have put together a winning formula, and so has the Nugget Bar and Grill. Hi, I'm Bill Pintard, manager of the Santa Barbara Foresters. The Nugget Bar and Grill has been one of our best supporters, and they also offer some of the best food in the area, with great burgers, salads, and a fun family atmosphere. The Nugget is a perfect place to take the family before or after a Forester game. The Nugget Bar and Grill, Summerlin, Galita, Carpinteria. Visit NuggetBarAndGrill.com for more information. Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. So a couple of weeks ago, the Fed uh, signaled that they were looking to raise interest rates the end of next year. Now, does the Fed signaling that affect both the commercial space and the residential space the same, or how, how does that affect it, if at all? Jason, do you want to go first? Um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll have to let Lori speak on the residential side, but, um, you know, they, they kind of have to be careful with the commercial side. You know, a lot of the times commercial rates, uh, they're shorter term in nature. So they're three, five, seven, 10 year type maturities. Um, sometimes uh, there'll be fixed increments in maturities and they'll be tied to the spread off an index. And so if those were to raise too fast, you could be violating a debt coverage covenant because rents might not necessarily raise as fast as, as the interest rates. So that could play a big risky part in commercial real estate if it happens too fast. So I think, I think it's a dual prong effect. You really got to understand where, where the market rent is at. And then, and then when we underwrite loans, we'll, we'll look at applying possibly a little cushion in that we're not surprised when a rate might adjust upwards later on. But, but at this point, um, I'm not seeing a lot of um, rises, you know, a rising rate environment. It has rose a little bit and the yield curves become more normalized. So, so cheaper money's lower, uh, shorter term money compared to longer term, but, but um, I could see that going up. And then if rents go up, I'm not sure whether or not that'll follow in tandem. That's the risk. So Jason, you know, we talk about the word commercial, but it encompasses so many different businesses. Yeah. You have, you know, large office buildings in big cities, yeah. shopping malls, 
uh, they're in some cases uh, unmarketable and uh, there's loans coming due. So uh, I take it that American Riviera Bank and your department are focused on, you know, the specifics of what we see in Santa Barbara, which would, I guess, would be multifamily housing and smaller or commercial space that are user uh, occupied. Would that be the, the, the your, your sweet part? Yes. Yeah. But, but we're doing all types. We're, we're actually, we're actually heavily involved in hospitality as well. And, and in the past you, you think hospitality was, was very risky, you know, um, uh, riskier. Uh, this past year it has been. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're in multifamily, we're in mixed use uh, commercial, we're in owner occupants that that's really the owner occupant is where it's a little bit safer because we're closer to the business and then, and, and we're basically approving the loan on business cash flow and the health of the balance sheet and things like that. Whereas a non-owner occupied, we'd be looking at lease and then tenant risk, uh, depending upon what, who the tenant is. So you bring up a good point. I mean, let's talk office, you know, what's going to happen with office, you know, and, and, and will the pandemic and COVID change the, 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 you know, office rents. And, and in my opinion, um, I would say that it's, it's it, probably the office that's going to be affected is, is the, the C type office, but you know, the, 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 not the turnkey type of office that's already done up. And, and I'd be looking for office that's convertible, meaning you could blow down a wall and add space or vice versa, create space. Um, so the big, huge, properties that command 20,000 square feet, you know, those are going to be very risky. In hospitality, let's go there. I mean, it used to be flags were, were the safe bet and the mom and pops were the risky. COVID changed all that. You know, now the mom and pops are a little less risky than the flags because people changed the way they operate. They don't want to be around a lot of people. Now they're looking for spaces that are possibly smaller or a boutique type hotel. It's very interesting. And, and it affects the way we, we address risk at the bank. So now we all know that there's craziness going on in the residential market. The inventory is low. You know, if you read any newspaper, it's always talking about it. Santa Barbara real estate's always been high and moving up. What's, are we seeing a pullback in commercial real estate locally? I know that the bank, you service Santa Barbara County, San Luis and San Luis Obispo County. Um, what are we seeing in, in that space? I think, I think there is, I think, I think a lot of banks are screaming to put loans on the books right now. And, and it's a little more hesitant. Now we've actually, we're trending toward another double digit loan growth year. I mean, and that's that was big, aside from PPP. And so, if you peel out all the PPP, we're we're and but the result was because of the PPP. So, in the, in the Santa Barbara market, we got to a lot of big bank clients that never thought of a community bank as as the place to go. We've amassed some of the best people here that have big bank experience, and and now they're getting the best of both worlds: the personal touch. And the, and the people that know what they're doing that can tailor their personal financial statement to the, you know, look at it and then come up with a plan to grow their net worth. That's the type of people we have. So, so in general, I would say, yes, it's, it's, it's harder 
to, to, to find a deal on the, in the commercial world at American Riviera Bank, we're finding them. It, it's been wonderful. Great. And, and so Lori, for you, you know, how obviously there's been this mania of refinancing. Um, everyone has refinanced their loan once, twice, who knows how many times. Yeah. Um, but with the inventory being so low, how are you, how is it looking for you in the, um, you know, the initial purchase space? The inventory is low, but there's been more sales in year to date 2021 than probably over the past 17 years at this point at the, you know, we've already had over uh, 616 single family sales um, year to date. So the market is very busy. Um, We have kind of lower inventory, but what's on the inventory is, is turning um, relatively quickly. So we are, we are seeing, um, we are seeing a lot of sales. I think, um, you know, the only thing that really is going to slow the market down is, is even more inventory. So I think it, it's really kind of seeing how this year plays out as far as uh, people deciding that they are going to sell. And, and, but again, as we were talking earlier, who knows where they're going to go just because the market is pretty crazy everywhere else. Now, as a community bank who primarily works with local people, mm-hmm. are you seeing, you know, cause the, the word on the street is everybody's moving in from out of town. Now, are, is that your experience or are you seeing more local people making these no, I'm, purchases? I'm seeing a lot, well, on my side, I'm seeing a lot moving in from out of town, um, a lot coming in from the Pacific Northwest, Amazon, um, people from Los Angeles, obviously that's always kind of been a, a moving in area. Uh, it is harder kind of for locals that if they're selling their houses, you know, where are they going to go to, especially the median, you know, when the median price of a single family residence is now over $2 million. Um, so it is making a little bit more challenging. Uh, we've had, you know, I, it's been an interesting, it's been, it's, it's been interesting where people are coming from, but we, Santa Barbara's always been a destination for, um, retirees. So we are, we still are seeing that market as, um, a strong, a strong draw. Uh, and with people in Santa Barbara has in the last 12 months has risen 85%, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, crazy in one year. Mm -hmm. So, So Jason, there's been a lot of talk in the newspapers about CEOs of major financial institutions demanding that their employees come back to work. But you know, there's, there's no stories that I see about Santa Barbara. What, what, do you get any sense of what the CEOs of companies in this town are, are, are talking to their employees about over the next 12 months? Um, yeah, I, I do. I, I do think it has impacted the restaurants in town here. You know, um, I, I can tell you I can tell you that there's a lot of new new servers, things like that. You know, I, I don't think a lot of them have come back as fast as as they uh, need to come back uh, in our rest, in our local community here. Um, but I tell you, it's, it's just, it, this is a moving, this is going to change the whole element of business. You know, I think COVID has, you know, I think CEOs are seeing efficiencies that they've discovered uh, during COVID. I think uh, employees uh, might be more, um, it might want to stay home a couple days a week instead of coming into the office the whole time. Um, I just feel like, I feel like we're in a transitionary way of doing business here in our local community. 
Well, we have heard. We, yeah, we have. We've heard that there that that we are hearing employers are requiring um, employees to come back in September. Some pretty large ones in town. So. Yeah. Uh, you're you're listening to Money Talk on AM twelve ninety KZSB, and we'll be right back. One eighty over one eleven, and I had a stroke. When I woke up, I couldn't speak or walk. One forty-five over ninety-two, and then I had a heart attack. One hundred and eighty-two over a hundred, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Everything changed. It felt like my life was over. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from invisible or silent. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. If I would have followed a treatment plan, I would not be in this situation. 180 over 110, and I had a stroke. And I'm 33, so I never see this coming. If you've come off your treatment plan, get back on it, or talk with your doctor to create an exercise, diet, and medication plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. I had to tell. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Are you ready to start and run your own successful business? Ready to grow your small business or home business? Women's Economic Ventures is a local nonprofit helping women start and build successful businesses. In addition to their highly successful self-employment training program, Weave offers services to help women succeed at every stage of their business, from startup and launch to building and sustaining a business, including individual business counseling, professional networking events, advanced business training, and small business loans to start or expand a business. Over 1,000 local businesses are now owned and operated by women who have taken part in programs and services. Whether you're ready to start up, launch, build, or sustain your business, Women's Economic Ventures is right here to help you make it happen. Call 965-6073 or visit weaveonline.org. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by American Riviera Bank, making your life easier with cutting-edge technology, mobile deposits, free use of every ATM machine in the country, and a level of service other banks can only dream about. And if you're just joining us, we have the pleasure of having two American Riviera Bank um, managers. We have Jason Wilson, who's a senior vice president in charge of commercial banking, and Lori Murray, who is the residential lending manager. Thank you both for being here again. And so we were talking about before the break about businesses bringing people back to work. And I think what um, the question I think really is, are do you get a sense of whether or not these companies are gonna require their employees to come back to, to the office in pre-pandemic ways, or is it going to be more versatile and able to have more flexibility? Do you have any idea? Well, well, I just, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to change a little bit. I, I think that if they, if they don't bring people back, at least for a few days a week, I think it's going to dramatically affect the culture of the organization. Um, I, you know, there, there's a reason why certain businesses have been around for so long. And, and I just feel that, um, 
if people aren't together and aren't working alongside each other, I think that would be impacted in the long term. Um, so I think it's going to be a hybrid model. It's interesting at reading the, the Wall Street Journal, you see many people are choosing the option of quitting their job and figuring something else out, which you know really was surprising to me <laughs> on the heels of this pandemic to have people really, I guess it, it makes sense that they've had time to reevaluate their work life, work um, home life balance, yet you know, making career changes like that, you know, is awfully um risky, some as we're talking about risk in, in lending. So Lori, let's go back to residential mortgages. And, you know, there's there's a conversion going on between LIBOR and, and how do you say that? SOFR? SOFR. Mm-hmm. SOFR. And, and so, you know, my, my question on that is, you know, there was some fraud thought about in the LIBOR way to control or manipulate the markets. Is it going to be any different with the SOFR or, you know, as a as a end user or a, a person who has a loan, does it even really matter? That's, I don't, I mean, as far as the manipulation of the market, I don't think it's going to, I don't think you're going to have the market manipulation that you had possibly in LIBOR. It wasn't, you know, it was an index that wasn't um, controlled here. Um, and, and I think there's also too, LIBOR had so many different types of loans that were, um, it, right? that were tied to it, that I don't know um, that you'll see. I, I think the way that the ARC um, is going into so far is, is definitely um, wanting to have closer management ties to it. You know, it's just the SOFR, I don't, I, we're converting our loans to SOFR. We converted them, um, our adjustable rates from LIBOR to SOFR beginning April 1st, um, at least on the mortgage side. The On the mortgage side also, it's, the one-year LIBOR will be in existence until 2023, but we have elected to start uh, using SOFR as a uh, for our adjusting loans um, beginning in July. Um, right now, the way that it's trending, you know, SOFR is actually a little bit trending a little lower than where LIBOR was. Uh, so you are seeing the margins on SOFR loans a little bit higher than they were on um, on LIBOR loans. And now for some, does the American Riviera Bank offer interest only loans still? We do. Yeah. And are you seeing people make that choice given where interest rates are, or are you seeing them make more of a conventional 30 year fixed mortgage? We're not seeing as many interest only loans as we saw, you know, back when rates were higher, but I think it's it's just a testimony to that rates are low right now and that people are are okay paying down principal. I, as rates go up, we will see people more interested in taking that interest only option uh, as just a means to managing cash flow. And so, as as you continue to see influx from other communities into our um, Santa Barbara community, how does the bank handle those loans for new clients? So. Can you walk into the bank not having any banking accounts yet with the bank and get a residential mortgage or a commercial loan if you're looking to invest in the Santa Barbara community in a multifamily? What are the Jason can, Yeah, Jason can answer on the commercial side, but on the residential side, yeah, as long as we have, you know, as long as we have a way to show someone has an ability to repay the loan, then we um, will do what, what we can to, you know, make that 
loan work. So they don't have to already have an account with us. They can establish a relationship with us. It does save them a little bit, you know, on the interest rate if they do establish an account with us. Um, you know, we're happy to take loans where we can get them. Obviously, we want to lend out the the great influx of money that we've been given because of um, increased deposits over the past few years. Jason, one of the yeah. things that I've heard, uh, and it's all anecdotal, is that uh, given State Street's problems over the last few years, the most likely buyer of a commercial property on State Street was, and you know, this is sort of maybe just too cliched, but a rich person from Montecito that wants to just say, I own a piece of property in Santa Barbara. They weren't really looking at maximizing income. Uh, so there was kind of a strange situation. Do, do you see any expansion in the marketplace? I mean, who, who's buying commercial stuff, particularly on State Street? Um, I, you know, I, I think, uh, and we, we just started to do more deals on State Street right now, but but there's still some old, some longtime family money that owns some, a few key properties on State Street. But um, there was, you know, some of these big business guys that might be from out of town also have homes in Montecito, so they might they might have their businesses in New York or or a big city on the East Coast, but but they're also establishing second homes. And, and we're a bank that, that looks at the property or the, or the person. So if the property's local and the person's not, we'd still do it. If the person's local and the property's not, we'd probably follow them around. And where, where does it, and, and so if somebody from New York, let's say, is buying yeah. a property, do they ask the local broker like Radius, what bank yeah. should I use? Or do they bring in a New York bank? I mean, how do you get your, your uh, yeah, references? That, the, the, good, the ones that will get the loans will partner with the local people because, you know, we know Santa Barbara, it, it's, it's not easy to get through the, the entitlement process to get your permits, to get your plans approved, to get changes done. And it, it impacts businesses too. You know, for businesses that come into a new space and need to build it out, it might take a little longer to get in that space. And so um, by, by partnering with local organizations, to which we have a network that we use uh, of commercial real estate brokers, of insurance people, of CPAs, of all that, you know, things become a little easier when you, when you, because you're using local people that have done it before. Okay. And one last question on the same subject. Uh, what happens if somebody wants to buy a very large piece of property above whatever it is that you uh, are able to do in portfolio or even to sell out? Uh, yeah. Do you work with other banks uh, to put together a syndicate? Absolutely. Um, we've done participations many a times. Um, but but we've been also a growing bank and we've added capital, uh, you know, over the last couple of years. And we've grown over a billion dollars in assets at this point. And so our lending limit has grown with us. So we're able to service the, the, the relationship, even at a billion dollars and the new deal. But if not, we have a partner. We have partner banks that we reach out to and we can uh, we can participate in the loan together. You're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 KZSB, and we'll be right back with our final segment. (music) 
For prospective homebuyers, one of the most important steps of the loan process is getting clear and honest information from someone who will speak plainly and truthfully about loan programs and options. I'm Kelly Marsh, Vice President, California, of Cornerstone Home Lending, where our highly skilled and experienced team takes great pride in helping clients obtain home financing with honest, knowledgeable, fast, friendly, and efficient service. As a Santa Barbara native who has spent the past 20 years in the mortgage industry and has closed over 4,000 loans, I'd appreciate the opportunity to earn your business and invite you to visit the kellymarshteam.com or call my office at 805-563-1100 to learn more about how Cornerstone Home Lending can help you determine the best way to manage mortgage debt to achieve a more stable financial future. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. California Residential Mortgage Lending Act license number 41DB072220. California Financial Lending Law license number 60DB072528. Loan originator NMLS number 245822. Not a commitment to loan. Equal housing opportunity. When a bank is owned by the community and invests in the community, it answers to a different call. It's personal. It's driven by your needs, not ours. Welcome to American Riviera Bank, based right here in Santa Barbara with branches in Montecito and Goleta. Our customers know us for personal service every day, every way. You can bank on us. Bank on us. Bank on us! American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, and, of course, companionship. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive, and now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance will come in with this group. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. So Jason and Lori, I guess I have the same question for both of you, is you both work for a community bank that prides itself on being a partner in our community in Santa Barbara. So explain to us why why the benefits in each of your respective um, lending arms, what are the benefits of working with American Riviera Bank and why should someone use you over over a different um, competitor? Sure, Um, I'll talk about the commercial piece first. You know, at this bank, uh, we've collected a lot of the local bankers that have been with the long term banks uh, in our town that know the community better than ever. And it's some of the best of the best at a small bank level. And so what that means for for the person getting a loan is that we really dive into what what your plan is. Where do you want to go? How do you want to build your net worth? And we try to understand it specific to the property they might be buying. So they might, you know, here at the bank, we might look at a deal that has opportunity and lend into the market rents that might not be there today. That, that's a competitive advantage because it allows the borrower to, to finance more than they might be able to finance based upon the existing rents. So we'll really get to know the property, we'll get to know the person behind it and look at the overall picture when we're assessing our ability to do a loan. And then we'll, we'll proactively help them uh, come up with ideas, introduce them to new 
new property opportunities and be more like a broker and a financial team advisor than just a transitional, a transactional lender. So really a partner in the business where you're helping them understand where their growth potentially could go. Yes. And even on the business side too, we, we, we evaluate their balance sheet. We give you a banker's opinion, regardless if you want it or not. And, and uh, we're going to, we're going to be there to, to instruct and, and give, give, you know, give the opinion to help you uh, maximize your net worth and hopefully sell the business for the biggest price tag as possible when it, when the right time comes. And Lori, in the residential space, why use American Riviera Bank over your many competitors? So when we, um, when I started this group back in 2012 for the bank, really we started it so that we could be a partner in the community and provide, um, provide loans to people in our community. And that was a big part of why we started. And my big concern was reputational risk of the bank and just wanting to make sure that we do a really great job to make the rest of the bank look good as well. And how we do that is with, especially on our portfolio program where we keep those loans um, on our books is those are all underwritten uh, locally. They're all underwritten in-house. They are serviced at the bank. So we retain the servicing. People can make their payments directly to us. Um, And if anyone ever has questions, they're dealing with us. They're not dealing with someone really far away or something like that, as well as we are trying to um, work within what CFPB gave us for guidelines when um, the ability to repay rule came into effect. So we're able to qualify people with um, some asset depletion and some other ways to qualify to make it so that we we can still make good loans that wouldn't otherwise maybe be sellable on the secondary market. So we, we provide flexibility to our borrowers um, as well as great service. So that's thank typically you. the borrowers. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Lori. And, and mm-hmm. thank you, Jason, for, for being great guests. And thank American Riviera Bank for being one of our sponsors. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 KZSB. And we'll see you all next week. It's